Section thirty six of Monday Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Monday Tales by Alphonse Daudet, translated by Marion McIntyre. Section thirty six Yuletide Stories, Part Two the three low masses part one two truffled turkeys garajou yes reverend two magnificent turkeys stuffed with truffles i should know something about them for i myself helped to fill them it seemed as if their skin must crack in roasting they were so well filled jesu maria how i love truffles quick garajou bring me my surplice and with the turkeys did you see aught else in the kitchen oh all sorts of good things since noon we did nothing but pluck pheasants hoopoes pullets and grouse feathers were flying in every direction then from the fish-pond were brought eels and golden carp trout and how large were those trout garajou as large as that reverend father enormous dear methinks i see them at this moment have you filled the flagons with wine yes reverend i have filled them with wine but indeed it is no such wine as that you will drink immediately the midnight mass is over if you could see all that is in the dining-hall of the castle the decanters flaming with wine of all colours and the silver plates the carved epernier the flowers the candelabra never again will the world see the like monsieur le marquis has invited all the lords of the neighbourhood there will be at least forty of you at table without counting either the bailiff or the notary ah you are fortunate indeed to be one of them Rerevant. i merely caught a whiff of those fine turkeys and the odour of the truffles follows me everywhere Mieux come come my son let us beware of the sin of gluttony especially upon the eve of the nativity make haste to light the candles upon the altar and ring the first bell for mass for the hour of midnight approaches and we must not be late this conversation took place in the christmas season of the year of grace one thousand six hundred and it matters not how many years beside between the reverend dom balergere ancient prior of the order of barnabas at that time chaplain of the sires of trinc and his petty clerk garajou or to be more exact him whom the prior believed to be his clerk garajou for you will see that the evil one on that evening had assumed the round face and undecided features of the young sacristan that he might the more easily lead the reverend father into temptation and force him to commit the frightful sin of gluttony the self-styled garajou hum hum began to ring the bells of the seigneurial chapel with all his might the reverend father at last invested himself with his chasuble in the small sacristy of the castle but his spirit already somewhat disturbed by all those gastronomic descriptions he repeated to himself while donning his vestments roast turkeys golden carps and trouts as big as that without the night wind blew scattering the music of the bells and one after another lights began to appear along the sides of mont ventoux close to whose summit rose the ancient towers of trinc log 
the neighboring farmers were going to midnight mass in the castle they climbed the hill in groups of five and six singing as they went the father leading a lantern in his hands the women wrapped in their great brown cloaks in which their children too cuddled and sought shelter in spite of the lateness of the hour and the coldness of the night all these good people walked briskly sustained by the one thought that after mass was done there would be as had always been the yearly custom a table spread for them in the kitchens below from time to time upon the rude ascent some nobleman's carriage preceded by torch-bearers was sighted the glass gleaming in the moonlight or a mule would be seen trotting past jingling its bells and by the light of torches enveloped in vapour the farmers recognised their bailiff and saluted him as he passed by good evening good evening master arnaton good evening good evening my children the night was clear the stars sparkled frostily the wind nipped keenly and the fine sleet which clung to garments without wetting them preserved former traditions of a christmas white with snow above on the hill loomed the castle their visible goal an enormous pile with towers and gables with the belfry of the chapel rising into the dark blue sky and a host of tiny lights flashing moving to and fro waving at every window and appearing not unlike sparks from a charred mass of paper when seen against the sombre background of the building the drawbridge and the postern passed the chapel must be entered by crossing the outer courtyard full of coaches lackeys and sedan chairs brightly lighted by the torch fires and the blaze from the kitchens various sounds were heard the jingling of spits as they turned the clatter of saucepans the clinking of glasses and silver moved about in preparing the repast there was wafted upon a warm vapour which smelt so deliciously of roast meat of the savoury herbs used for sauces formed of various compounds that the farmers the chaplain the bailiff and every one else observed what a feast there will be after mass is over part two ting-a-ling ting-a-ling-a-ling the midnight mass has begun in the chapel of the castle a miniature cathedral with its vaulted roof and oaken wainscoting reaching to the ceiling all the tapestries have been hung all the tapers lighted and what an illustrious assemblage what toilets chief and first of all in the sculptured stall which surrounds the chancel sits the sire de tranclog arrayed in salmon-coloured taffeta and about him all the noble lords who are his invited guests opposite upon a velvet prix dieu the dowager marchioness takes her place robed in flame-coloured brocade and at her side the youthful lady of tranclog with a high lace head-dress gauffered according to the latest fashion at the french court farther down sat two men clothed in black with big pointed perukes and smooth-shaven faces these were the bailiff master thomas arnaton and the petty notary master ambois two dark notes in that bright-hued harmony of silks and figured damask below them sat fat major-domos pages huntsmen stewards and dame barb herself all her keys hanging at her side upon a fine silver ring 
at the very end of the chapel upon the benches sat the lower servants and the farmers with their families and last of all quite close to the door which they opened and closed discreetly came the lords of the kitchen the scullions themselves slipping out between the making of two sauces to catch what they could of the mass bringing a whiff of the supper into the church which wore a festive air and was quite warm from the blaze of so many tapers was it the sight of those little white caps that so distracted the celebrant more likely it was that bell of garajou's that mad little bell which tinkled at the foot of the altar with such infernal speed and seemed to say every second we must hasten hasten the sooner we are through with this the sooner we shall be seated at table for it is a fact that every time that wicked little bell rang the chaplain forgot the mass and thought only of the supper he fancied he saw those bustling kitchens the fires burning like those of a forge the warm vapour rising when a pot-lid was uncovered and in that vapour two magnificent turkeys stuffed distended and mottled with truffles and he seemed to see long rows of little pages pass carrying big platters from which arose a tempting steam and with them he entered the great hall prepared for the feast oh how delicious there stands an immense table gleaming with lights laden with good things peacocks dressed with their feathers pheasants spreading their golden-brown wings decanters the colour of rubies pyramids of fruit shining amid green branches and those marvellous fishes of which garajou had made mention ah was it garajou lying upon a bed of fennel their scales as pearly as if they had just come out of the water and a bunch of odorous herbs in the monster's nostrils so vivid is the vision of these marvellous things that it seems to dame balagere as if all those wonderful platters were placed before him upon the embroidered altar-cloth and two or three times instead of the dominus wobiscum he finds himself almost repeating the benedicite except for these slight mistakes the worthy man gets through the service very conscientiously without skipping a line or omitting a single genuflection all goes very well and the end of the first mass is reached for you remember that on christmas eve the same celebrant must say three consecutive masses one is finished whispered the chaplain with a sigh of relief and then without losing a moment he motions to his clerk the person he supposed to be his clerk and ting-a-ling ling-a-ling-a-ling the second mass is beginning and with it the sin of dame balagiere quick quick let us hasten cries garajou's bell with its little shrill voice and this time the wretched officiant succumbing completely to the demon of gluttony plunges into his missal and devours its pages with all the avidity of his over-excited appetite 
he bows frenetically rises again hurriedly makes the sign of the cross the necessary genuflections and curtails all his gestures that he may finish the sooner he scarcely extends his arm when he reaches the gospel nor beats his breast at the confitior there is a race between himself and his clerk to see which one can go the fastest verses and responses rush headlong tumbling over each other in their haste words are half pronounced through closed lips to save time and nothing is heard save incomprehensible murmurs or may a culpa papa like vintagers hastily crushing the contents of the vat both of them plunge through the latin of the mass splashing fragments of it in every direction dom scum says belagiere statuo garageu responds and all the time that accursed little bell is there tinkling in their ears like the little round bells hung about post-horses to spur them to a gallop you can easily imagine that with that sound jingling in the ears a low mass is celebrated with all possible expedition two says the chaplain panting and without taking time to regain his breath red in the face and dripping with perspiration he tumbles over the altar steps and ting-a-ling-ling-a-ling-a-ling the third mass begins it is only the work of a few moments now and then the dining-hall but alas as the moment of the feast approaches the unfortunate balagier is possessed by a perfect frenzy of impatience and gluttonous longing the vision becomes more clearly defined the golden carps and roast turkey seem to be there in that very spot he touches them he oh dear the platters are steaming the fragrance of the wines ascends and that little bell cries out as if mad quicker 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 but how is it possible to go more quickly his lips scarcely move he no longer pronounces a word unless he should cheat the good lord completely and rob him of his mass and that is what the wretched man does yielding to one temptation after another he begins by omitting a verse then two more the epistle is too long he does not end it he merely skims the gospel omits the credo skips the paternoster salutes the preface at a distance and with spasmodic jumps rushes into eternal damnation fathered in each movement by the infamous garajou wade retro satanus the latter seconds his efforts with marvellous understanding relieves him of his chasuble turns over the leaves two at a time upsets the reading-desk overturns the flagons and rings that bell incessantly ever more and more loudly and rapidly the terror depicted on the faces of all that congregation cannot be described compelled to follow the pantomime of the priest in that mass of which they understood not a word some rose whilst others knelt some were seated whilst others remained standing and the various phases of this singular celebration resulted upon the benches in absolute confusion in a multitude of diverse attitudes the star of bethlehem in its course among the paths of heaven moving towards the lowly manger paled with fright as it beheld this shameful sight the abbe goes too fast one cannot follow him murmurs the aged dowager with a bewildered shake of her head-dress master arnaton his huge steel-rimmed spectacles astride his nose fumbles in his prayer-book seeking to discover where the deuce they are but at heart all these good people who are also anticipating the midnight feast are not at all sorry that the mass proceeds at such breakneck speed and when dame balagiere turns with radiant face towards his flock crying with all his strength it te missa est 
all within the chapel answer as with one voice and with a deo gratias so overjoyed so full of enthusiasm that one might well believe himself seated already at table and responding to the first toast of the christmas eve feast part three five minutes later that assemblage of noblemen were seated in the great hall the chaplain in their midst the castle brilliantly lighted throughout re-echoed with songs cries laughter and uproar the venerable dom balagier planted his fork in the wing of a grouse drowning remorse for his sin in draughts of good vin du pape and fine meat gravies he ate and drank so much this poor holy man that he died during the night after a terrible attack and without having a single moment given him for repentance when on the morrow he arrived in heaven which was still ringing with rumours of the feasting of the preceding night i leave you to imagine what was his reception depart from my sight thou faithless christian said the sovereign judge and master of us all for thy sin is so great that it blots out the memory of a whole life of virtue ah thou hast robbed me of a midnight mass even so thou shalt atone for this with three hundred masses in its stead and into paradise thou shalt not enter till thou hast celebrated within thine own chapel and on christmas eve three hundred masses which shall be in the presence of all those who have sinned with thee and because of thy sin and that is the true legend of dom balagier as it is told to this day in the land of olives the castle of tranquelog exists no longer now but the chapel still rises erect as ever by the summit of mont ventoux amid a thicket of green oaks the wind beats against its disjointed door grass grows upon the threshold birds nest about its altar and in the embrasures of its lofty windows whose coloured panes disappeared long ago and yet it seems that every year as often as christmas eve returns an unearthly light wanders among those ruins and on their way to mass or to some christmas eve merry-making the country folk see that spectral chapel illumined with invisible tapers which burn in the open air and cannot be quenched even by the snow or the wind you may smile at this if you wish but a vine-dresser of the neighbourhood one garige by name and without a doubt a descendant of garigou assured me that one christmas eve being a little light-headed after the revel of the evening he was lost among the mountaineer trank log and this is what happened up to one o'clock he saw nothing all was silent wrapped in darkness inanimate suddenly towards midnight bells began to chime in the belfry above it was an old old carillon that sounded as if ten leagues distant very soon upon the ascent of the road garige saw torches flickering waving to and fro and borne by indistinct shadowy forms beneath the chapel porch footsteps were heard and voices whispered good evening master arnaton good evening good evening my children when all had entered my vine-dresser being very brave approached with soft steps and beheld through the broken door a singular spectacle all the forms he had seen pass were arranged about the choir in the ruined nave as if the ancient benches still existed fair ladies in brocade and lace-coloured coifs noble lords embroidered from head to foot peasants in flowered coats such as our grandsires wore were there and all looked old faded dust-stained and weary 
From time to time night birds, the habitual guests of the chapel, awakened by all the lights, hovered about these candles, whose flame ascended straight towards heaven, but seemed indistinct as if seen burning through a film. What amused Garige vastly was a certain personage with great steel-rimmed spectacles who shook his high black peruke from time to time, one of those birds clinging to it firmly and flapping its wings noiselessly. In the farther end of the chapel was a little old man of infantile appearance on his knees in the midst of the choir and shaking desperately a little mute tongueless bell while a priest robed in faded gold cloth went back and forth before the altar reciting horizons of which none heard a single word surely this was dom balagere reciting his third low mass End of section thirty six